The Cost Camps Coaches Show, episode 25. Coaches, welcome to Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest, we have Coach Joe Heaton. He's the head football coach at Susquehanna Township. Coach Heaton. He was the uh, he was hired at Susquehanna Township in 2001 as an assistant. Spent two years as an assistant coach there and got hired as the head coach in 2003. Prior to that, he spent two years at Harrisburg High School under two separate head coaches: Coach Ford Chapman in '99, Coach Earl Mosley in 2000. Prior to that, he was at McDevitt with Coach Chapman and, and uh, a year with Coach Wechter. And then prior to that, he he was on board with his head coach, Coach Rimful, may he rest in peace, at Cumberland Valley in 1995. And and Coach, we can get into all the you know the, the stories you just told me about all those guys or whatever. We can get into that later. But Coach, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here and and and, and blessed and honored to, that you reached out. I know we've tried to do it a couple of times, but I'm just happy we were able to connect. And I always love to be able to talk shop with guys. And, who knows? This might be a, a marathon podcast with all the, the good stuff. <laughs> right. The uh, the the recruiting experience that I had at Lebanon Valley College with you when I would stop in at Susquehanna Township, when when I would go in there and you would hold court with whatever class <laughs> you had in there, and then you'd bring the team in so I could talk to them, and then you'd hold court with those guys. I knew uh, this. Was, I knew this would be a, uh, an unbelievable opportunity to talk to you, and and you'd you'd be able to drop some wisdom on these coaches and. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you you're able to come on here. Well, like I said, I'm happy. I'm happy to be on with you guys, and and then also like just listening to the previous podcast, just just learning things from other guys too. So that's we talked earlier about listening to podcasts, and that's one of the ways now you know you get to learn. You know, you, you always as a coach, I think we're always got to be willing to learn, and I'm always willing to find something new, trying to get that winning edge somehow, some way. So, no, I'm happy to be on, and I hope some guys will listen and pull some things from what we got going on today. Well, you're going to talk about building relationships with your players, building rapport was a word you used, developing them, not just as athletes, but also as students and people. Um, that's kind of like this time of year, it's it's nice to focus on that stuff, but I'd like to like to hear your take on that, Coach. If you want to get started with that, go ahead. Oh, no doubt. So, you know, here's here's how we how we got to this point. So let's go. Let's talk about pre-pandemic. Don't even worry about pandemic. We talk about kids today. You coach, I coach, everybody's on the show, coach, people listening, coach. The one thing that you I think I found out about kids is kids, some kids like football, some kids even love football, but many of our kids don't watch football. Like, I think I'm hard-pressed when I'm talking to guys and say, hey, did you watch this game? Did you watch that game? Like, they love football. They love playing it. But not many of them sit and watch. The only time they really do sit and watch is when we're having film sessions. So that that led, you know, working backwards from there, saying, okay, how can we get these kids to, to watch more football? Knowing that they love it. They love doing it, getting out to, you know, getting out working out and, 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 and being part of the program. But we also have to get them to to learn and develop. So the first piece of that, and, you, and I hear people talk about it all the time when, when you go to, to clinics and lecturing, is, is developing relationships and rapport with your kids. 
And I, I hate to sound cliche-ish, but I think we've all heard it. And, and I've sort of started to really hone in on it. And I, I've used it in our off-season PowerPoints and presentations. And I think it's so true that kids don't care how much you know until how much they know you care about them. And that really has been the focus that I, we, my staff here at Susquehanna Township and with our kids has really been trying to, to hone in on, especially the last two years. Let's make these kids know or get these kids to understand how much we care about them. Then once they know how much we care about them, you, we, we began to see, and we, we will see and begin to see, that they'll do anything for you. You know, and, and that's been an important piece. So, you know, that's really been a focus we've had the last two years. And we've had some, we've had, we, we've struggled the last two years. You know, we've, we, we struggled the, the, the COVID season. Last year, we were 0-10. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've said as a head coach is being 0-10 is, one, I got to own it. Our staff has to own it. Our players have to own it. And then what do we have to do to improve and get better and be the change? Uh, that that has been a very important piece to what we're trying to do. So how do we get to understand that, to own it, and to move forward and be the change one? We learn from our mistakes. We learn from our losses. You know, we try to put it together and say there's no there's no losses, just lessons. So that's where we're at right now. And two, develop trust and relationships. So that's the most important key that we're focusing on right now. And there's a million different ways to do it. And, you know, we, we really wanted to make sure that we were doing things right. I was, uh, when, when listening to some of the podcasts over the weekend, you sent me, got a chance to hear coach Moyer from Conrad Weiser, his podcast. And, uh, I was kind of floored. I'm driving down 95 and then, I hear him start talking about when he went to San Antonio for the coaches convention, Derby <laughs> speech. And I'm just like, holy cow. You didn't I think anybody was listening to you, did you? <laughs> you know what? I was <laughs> I was so nervous because <laughs> I'm just like, you know, this is this is the AFCA convention. Right. Like, this is the real deal. And to know that one of my peers was there and then reached out to me and we started talking about that piece. I was sort of floored and blown away. Now I've known Al for a while. He's great man, runs a great program. And I was sort of, I don't know if I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, wow, like, holy cow. Like he really, you know, mentioned me in his, in his podcast. I felt like a little kid. Wow. Shoot. But back to that piece. So we, it, 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 what I, what I talked about was our leadership piece. And we, we've taken our leadership program that we use. And I heard him say we, call, we should call it the tribal councils. Uh, that's how we work it. Now, backstory, I don't know what we're going to call it now because we don't even have a mascot. Yeah, right. So we have to figure something out. But that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> so but we, we, we started out with our tribal council. We go through our whole piece. And I'm not going to go into it, but our leadership council. And we got to know our kids in our leadership council very well. And they got to trust us. And we really had a solid group of leaders and it made things so much manageable, being accountable. We talk about that we're being accountable and that relationship that the council had along with myself and two of the other coaches that ran the council really took our program to another level. 
And when I say that, another level as in becoming a team, a family unit, however you want to, however you want to discuss that piece. So moving forward, we get to 2019. And I think COVID changed a lot of things about football. I think everybody has talked on your podcast has talked about that from how you met, how you did things, getting to know kids and, and developing those relationships. But we really said when we when we get an opportunity to get back to being remotely close to what we want to do football-wise, we need to take the time to get to know our kids, not only individually as students, but also individually as athletes and then also individually as kids. And that's where we are right now. So what we've done is this offseason, we've started like a little team mini competition where we had a draft and uh, the seniors got to draft kids, but they also had to get to know the kids on, on that were the underclassmen. So yeah. we, we did the old, you know, remember the Titans things, find out two things about this kid, find out something about this kid. Okay, today... When we're walking in the hallway, I want to make sure that you said, you know, you you reached out to that ninth grader or to a kid you didn't know that was on a team or to a new face. So then we had the opportunity to sit and make a draft and know each other and get to know each other. And then now making each other feel as they are part of something bigger than the team and, and connecting. So that's where we are right now. And we've broken our team down into five different teams. And we, we focus on, one, those, those teams have to have their own little group chats. They do their own little meetings. But then also they're being accountable for getting kids to weight train. We have our little competitions at our weight trains. We do weekly – sorry, we do, we do monthly team grade checks. And, I, and, I, and that's an interesting thing in itself because I might have one of my kids, uh, Anthony Burnett, who's a senior – who has a freshman on his team that normally probably wouldn't have any conversation outside of football. But now here they are talking about, Hey, Mikey, it looks like you need some help with math. Well, you need to go see Freeman because Freeman's good at math. Those are the types of things where you start to see kids not only being accountable for each other, but with Jedi mind tricking them into building relationships. <laughs> So, and they don't even realize. So are the upperclassmen, are they the one doing the grade checks? So it, it's, you know what is funny? I've been a big leadership has no grade thing the last couple of years. Okay. So, yes, it was the upperclassmen that put the draft together. It was the seniors that drafted the, 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 their teams. But within that piece, your team, we expect you, we expect all nine people on that team to be leaders. Okay. So there is no one. There's not a team captain. It's we're being accountable for each other. So therefore, for instance, we have a wild card team, and, and our wild card team is for all the new players that were not on the roster prior to the draft. So then this morning we had a new player. I'll say his first name. First name Chris. Chris is there, and there's eight other wild card play, wild card members that are on that team there, and he just took the bull by the horns, got the sheet. Okay, coach. So and so. So so. So-and-so's online learning. Is he logged in? Uh, I sent him a text. Well, I need, you know, I got to get all these by the end of the day. Lo and behold, I get back at 12 o'clock. He's like, Coach, I got everybody from the wild cards great. Here's our average. Wow. So it, 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 it has floored me that these kids have really started to come together and, and understand, hey, in order for us to be successful, we have to build relationships amongst ourselves. So that has been a huge piece 
of when I what we're talking about about developing relationships amongst each other and rapport. And the thing about it is, when with, with the way this is structured, it's helping build rapport, and it's not even about football. It's like you know what I wanted to draft this guy because I know he has a 97 GPA. <laughs> I wanted to have this guy because I know he's going to be at weightlifting every day. It wasn't, hey, Johnny's the strongest kid on the team because you have to be accountable because what happens is you start with 100 points and every day a kid misses, they lose a point. It doesn't matter. You know, they got to stay for a test or that weight training, lose a point, okay? Uh, they got to go take a test. Yes, they got to go take a test. But if he were to do what he's supposed to do before he didn't do good on that test, loses the point. Uh, so we're all being – they have to be accountable for each other. So it has really, really sparked a whole different phase of developing relationships with each other in this program. And I think that in the three months that we've been doing it, it has really uh, brought our team together. And, uh, you know, hopefully – you know, it will continue to increase our work ethic and accountability. Now, I don't know if it's going to result to wins and losses or, or more wins than losses, but I know it's going to equate to us putting a better product on the field. So for us right now, that little competition piece has really been the key, I think, to our offseason and kids developing a rapport with each other. And then even with our coaches talk, you know, like this morning, we sent out a team message and my assistant head coach is like, okay, who do I need to contact about grades? Who's not, who's not in school today. And, and, and our entire staff is buying into that. So now my defensive back coach is not worried whether or not Michael can backpedal. It is, is Michael passing forensic science? Mm -hmm. So therefore that Michael's going to know, well, coach ain't even worried. He's, he, he must be a better football player, but he's really concerned about my grades. Now, we, four weeks from now, when we're outside and it's 70 degrees, degrees and we're working, not only does Michael know that Coach Holly cares about his math, he also cares that you can get in and out of a backpedal and put your foot in the dirt. So we're trying to use our off-season program and grades to build rapport to be more coachable kids. I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to daggone try and do our best at trying to get it to work. I love that you have each one of these teams in their own separate group chat. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool because I think, you know, you never know who gets lost in the shuffle when it yeah. comes to, you know, whether it's an underclassman who's new to the team or just, you know, maybe it's even an upperclassman who's just not as social as some other guys. So you don't know if they're getting lost in the shuffle and, and, but those group chats, they, they can, uh, they can forge some bonds. I know like this is such an electronic age, but everybody's yeah. in a group chat, you know, yeah. your coaching staff probably has a group chat and you probably joke yeah. around and, and get social yeah. on that sometimes. So that's, that's a good place to kind of develop a rapport. Well, Mark, you know, too, Mark, and you coach, like kids are more apt to respond to you. If you text them yeah. than if you call, if you call them the phone will ring, 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 they go to voicemail. Right. But as soon as you text them, the, the, the three dots come up yeah. and the message right back to you. So, and I, and I get it. That's the way that these, these young men, our young people communicate. But the one thing that I also have seen 
aside from the group chat piece, is it has sparked face-to-face conversation. It has sparked, hey, dude, you're you're not doing well in this math class, or you did you get you didn't get this homework done. Then it translates to so if our if our linemen have linemen workouts on Tuesday, it's like okay, where's so-and-so at? Did he let coach know he's not going to be there? And it, it ends up, it's their product. It's not just Coach Heaton or, or Coach Bascom. Now they're making each other accountable. And hey, why didn't you let us know you, you had to do this? So that's the one thing I think that's really going to help us and improve. But you're right, the, the group chat piece or even just the conversation piece, the email. Like I tell you this morning, it was crazy when, when they didn't have the one grade for one of the students, they said, well, is he online? He's not responding. Somebody needs to text him. You know, so it was it was uh, it was quite impressive. And that's the same. But it, hopefully it translates to Friday night. Like, OK, if we're trying to run wide zone and somebody's not in, in the right frame of mind and you got to you got to you got a five check on your show. You better communicate. To him, hey, you better bucket step so you can get to that five check. Mm-hmm. So the same way that you communicated to him about getting that math work done, now you need to communicate to him about stealing the edge or get reaching that five tech. And, and I think that's what we're trying. That's that's as a coach, I'm not telling them that. They're probably listening, going to figure it out. But that's what I'm trying to get them to understand is that that communication piece is going to carry over, you know, from the weight room to our grade check to the competition piece. Now here we are, August September. It'll carry over to Friday night. Are you? How are you dealing with guys that are playing basketball, or now they're? I guess it's into baseball and track now. Like, what do you have to do okay. with them in the weight room and stuff like that? So that's a good. That's a good point. And, and we're always trying, as coaches, we're always trying to figure yeah. out how. And everybody has a different piece. So, what we've done in the past, and then now with our competition piece in the spring, if you are in a sport. As long as you're at practice and you're working, you don't get a minus. Because again, at Susquehanna Township, we're 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 on the we're on the I think well now we're in the middle of the road for it, but we still have to share athletes. Yep. So myself, Coach Archer, who was our new basketball coach, and Coach MacArthur, our track coach, and and, and it was our baseball team. We are we really try to make sure we work together in that aspect of okay, listen. I'm not going to mark that kid absent, but he's going to be at baseball practice or he's going to be at uh, at basketball practice. So the one thing we've done, like during basketball season, we ended up lifting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. So that one or two days a week, those basketball players that were on basketball and they practiced from 537 could come in and get a lift. That's so that interesting. Was, That's a good we went because we know basketball was going earlier. So right now, for instance, for spring, here's how we're doing spring. So we have our teams broken up. We try to communicate as much as we can. So we lift we lift Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Monday, we go 7 to 9 p.m. So, like, say, for instance, yesterday, a lot of teams uh, arranged their practice schedules because of the weather. Some teams didn't go out. By us going late like that, if somebody has a, a light practice, heck, they can come in and get a lift. Yeah. Now, throughout the spring, the only day, well, the only day, the day that we, we actually get everybody there is Wednesday. So we, we've said what we've made a race on our track coach. Track meets are Tuesday. So on Wednesdays, we lift right after school. 
our track kids will go to track, get what they have to get done, and then they come get an in-season lift with the football team on Wednesday. So we're still keeping that continuity. Will you get out on the field and do anything? Not X's and O's wise. Well, maybe maybe X's and O's wise, but stuff where you can run over, mm-hmm. run through plays or anything like that. So here's what here's what we've been here's what we typically do in March. We're finishing March. So in March and in yeah, all of March, Saturday mornings we would do that. Okay. So Saturday mornings we would uh we would in March, Saturday mornings we were outside from eight to nine thirty. And that was just skills and drills, stuff that you need to do in the wintertime. Uh, had some nice Saturday mornings too. This yes, was a good March to do that. Yep. Now we were fortunate enough this year in January, January, February, we uh we we rented an indoor facility for an hour and a half to be able to get in and do some skills and drills. So that was good. So even those guys that were playing basketball or indoor or any type of winter sport, it was early enough that they were able to come get an hour's worth of drill work, and that's all it was. March, it was the same way. In April now, what we'll end up doing is we'll go every Tuesday night, we do study hall, and then we go outside for an hour and a half. Don't come to study hall, you're not going to practice. And then we go Saturday mornings. So it'll be Tuesday, Saturday morning, and we lift Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. And all of that is still connected to your team of nine or ten guys that you are on for your offseason earn-it piece. So therefore, you're making no, you're being accountable for that person, making sure they're at that workout and making sure they're taking care of their other sport. The one thing our athletic director, Vicky Victoria Ivy, is real big on is making sure our kids finish. Like if you you get on a sports team and if things aren't going right, we don't we don't want to raise you to quit. You, you know, you went out for it. You finish it. If you don't want to go out for it next year, fine. But if you leave a team. Your decision to leave a team. You cannot participate in another sports offseason program until that sport is done. Interesting. So if if you just turn around and quit track, you can't start doing a fall sport offseason until that sport's over. And I kind of like that because I don't want to teach kids to be quitters. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you did something. My dad, rest of my dad always say, you know, you start something, you finish something. And it may not be the way you like it to be, you know. Now, there might be some extreme circumstances where a kid has to leave a team, something. I get it. But if a kid just flat out quits the team, you know, I, I think that there, there's there's some merit in learning. Okay, if you quit, you got to do the consequences of quitting. You know, uh, my basketball coach in high school, Jim Ralph, who I've I learned so much from, still around, I, we talk often. Jim always used to say, he learned this from Marino DeFilippo, who was our age. And, and, and Marino would say, the first time an athlete quits a sport, the second time is much easier. So if you quit once, you're probably going to quit again. And that's mm-hmm. what we don't so, You know, yeah, every 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 sports, every preseason season doesn't go well. Weather the storm, learn from it, and then move on. You know, I, I just, that's just been my whole approach to it. But to answer your question, you started how to, that's how we would deal with our, our sports. Our spring sports students, we want, we get them once, we'll get them once a, once a week. And then Saturdays, uh, there's not a track meet or something like that. How do study halls work? How do those Tuesday study halls? Are they right after school? So we that's something we've been doing now, Mark. Man, we've been doing we call it we call our striving for excellence program. And we've been doing striving for excellence in Susquehanna Township, I think 
as long as I've been the head coach, maybe 2005. And that's a football, the striving for excellence thing is just a football thing? Well, it started out as a football okay. thing, and then it went district, district-wide. So what it started out was, so I'm, I'm going to be long-winded here. That's Go okay. That's okay, long. yeah. So my first, our first year at Susquehanna Township, we had 38 kids participating in football in grades 9 through 12. Okay. That was it, 38. And, and Coach Chapman tells the story the best. We were leaving. This is our first summer, 2001, first game. We were leaving to go get on the bus at Susquehanna Township High School. Go through two a day. Actually, that's how we did three a days. Four was nonstop. We were there from eight to eight. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We grind and grind and grind. A good group of kids coming back. We're walking to the bus, and our principal, Dr. Gallows, comes out frantically. Coach Chapman, Coach Chapman, go ahead and talk to you. Coach Chapman, Coach Chapman. Come to find out, and, 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 my, and it was partially us not doing our due diligence, being new. We had found out 11 kids were ineligible from the previous season. Going into the first game. From the previous season? Because from the previous school year, because they probably failed a course. I got it, okay. Or they failed a course for a year or didn't complete it in summer school. Now, some of these kids didn't play the year before. We were new staff, so there were a bunch of new kids coming out. But still, only 38 kids. It was small. You know, we're still, we're a small, sick AAA school. So, needless to say, we we end up, we go down, we play Central York. Uh, nail biter, we end up losing. So, those kids are out for the first couple weeks. And that's where the whole idea behind Striving for Excellence came in. Uh, we had some parents step up. Uh, we had three, three, three pairs of players that stepped up, uh, and their kids all went through Mr. Mr. Ward, uh, Mr. Tom Ward was one of them. Then there was, uh, Mr. Artie Berno. And then there was Mr. Uh, why, why am I drawing a break right now? Well, how are these guys involved? Were they, did they, so they were parents, they were, they were parents of players on the team. Yeah. And they said, you know, and they and they were they were real diligent about academics because we have great academics that's going to yep. And it's never going to happen again. This is never going to happen again. So those three parents stepped up and they organized this thing called Striving for Excellence. So basically, what it was was every Tuesday and Thursday, we after practice, it was an organized study hall, and it started out it was just parents. The very next year, we had volunteer teachers coming. Wow. We, they had organized, they had gotten professors from hack and they had gotten professors from, uh, Penn state Harrisburg. And they organized it to the point where it wasn't even a study hall. You had to come in and sign up and you had to say what you were working on. And it was to the point, almost like colleges where you say what you're working on, and then the tutors made sure, okay, so Mark Costello, you're working on algebra one. You were working on it, and then when they got to the list, Mark Costello, where you at? Boom, came over and you. And it just took off from there. Did all, did every player do it, or or was there like a certain GPA that or something like year, that that you first could get out of it? The first, that first year, every player had to attend Strive for Excellence on Tuesday and Thursday. Okay. And they had food for them afterwards, you know. And, and it worked. It was you practiced, and you went to strive for access for an hour. So as it developed, uh, as 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 this as this as the program developed, we kept it as Tuesday, Thursdays. 
And then as our team started to grow, it was like Tuesdays were freshman sophomores, Thursday was junior seniors. And then um, the district hired Mr. Jimmy Jones, longtime legendary quarterback from the, the John Harris days. And he was working in our district at the time and still involved with his district or kids went to district. Uh, Mr. Jones ran Strive for Excellence all the way up until at the, the 2019 with, with COVID. And um, it, it was a it was a machine where the kids always had to go to study hall. It was Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then it was opened up to the district. We had math tutors, English tutors, Spanish tutors. And it really took our academic piece to another level. And um, we're very appreciative of it. So make a long story short. So what ends up happening is we schedule Tuesdays and Thursdays in the spring. So then we have Tuesday night lights. So what happens now is we have study hall from 530 to 730 or 530 to like seven. And then we go outside to practice from like 730 to nine. Okay. But that piece carries the whole the whole time through the school year. But you have and to go to study hall in order no to practice doubt. Tuesday if night. You don't, so, go, you don't go to strive for excellence. You're not practicing that night. So it's not just students who need the extra study, and it's everybody that's yeah. going to that's going to practice. That's going and we and every it's and in the spring we ended up having it be everyone because then what we tagged it onto it is at one point when SAT prep was just mm. become online. Our school had the uh, we had accessibility that every kid in our school could have had, had a free login to SAT prep, and then we tied in our SAT prep to our study hall. So if you were a kid and you came in on coach, I don't have nothing to do. You're a junior, take the SAT, boom, yeah. you don't work on the SAT prep. Then it got to the point where uh, we ended up taking our juniors. And then one on one of those, we, we have an English teacher there that would help them write their college essay. So we really tried to expand that whole piece. Uh, and it was a working machine, and it still is a working machine. Now, unfortunately, we haven't been able to use it the last two years, but the goal is to get it back up. And it has been beneficial to us uh, uh, for forever. But, I, oh, here it is. I, I have to say this. So it was Artie Berno, Johnny Sims, and Tom Ward. They were the three that got the program going and ended up being district-wide to the point where right before COVID, any kid in the district could come to strive for excellence and get help. Wow. So, and it's been a great, it's been, a, it was a great piece for us academically to help keep our kids eligible. Then we got to the point where we would just make sure we had our phases. So if you were a kid that had a three O, you didn't have to go. If you had, if you were struggling and you had like a two O, you had to come. Or if you were failing one class, you had to come. Now, if you were a kid that ended up being ineligible for that week, because it was PIAA is week to week, you had to attend both sessions. If you did not attend, and it's still today, if you do not attend both sessions, even if you end up passing the next week, because you didn't attend the two study sessions, you're going to be ineligible the following week. Interesting. And our, and our administration has, re- has been very supportive of it and has stuck with it. Well, during the season, Thursdays is usually a day where everybody's – they're staying after practice anyway for some sort of team meal or something like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense to do a study hall that day. And then yeah. Tuesday, getting that extra day, and that's great for for. And the thing about it, you, know, you know how they mark on Thursday, it's pregame, so you're in and out. So it, it's and you're there, you might go down, get your, get your stuff done. Yep. Most teachers are giving quizzes and tests on Friday, follow-up, because Friday at 1 o'clock, here comes that, here comes that eligibility report for the next week. Yep. So, but that's just something that's been a, a long-standing piece at our place, and that's and we've tried to connect it to the whole spring piece there. So I know we got a little bit off track, but 
that's been a big piece of what we've done at Susquehanna. I can, you, you brought up the COVID, the, the COVID season, the COVID time, whatever. I can remember, uh, I, I was recruiting a young man from Susquehanna Township during that time, um, whatever, uh, March of 20, February 2020, March of 2020. And, uh, you know, when no one wasn't doing anything for the, you know, there's that couple week period, no one really know, knew what was going on at all. Mm-hmm. I remember you guys, he, he him telling me that, Susquehanna Township was doing you guys were doing workouts on Zoom. Like you'd get together, it would be a certain time of day and, and you'd had somebody that led it and be like, you know, uh body weight mm-hmm. workouts. Yeah. So that it was funny. So our strength coach, Justin Asadina, who I is probably one of the best strength coaches for a high school level that I've been around. The, the guy is just is awesome. At some point you might need to have a, a Zoom with him because he's 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 awesome. Okay. Or not podcast him. We'll get, get you the information. He knows his stuff. However, so what ended up happening was when this was only a weekend, you're right, because COVID was March 13th, and we were discussing, hey, we met, we're going to be out for two weeks. We got to figure something out. And he said, Coach, we'll just do it through Zoom, and we can we can actually track attendance. Kids have to have their cameras on, and we'll, I'll just leave the workouts. So he put together these body weight workouts and then each coach had, you know, we had four coaches on every Zoom meeting and every coach was, was Zoom dialed in, tell, watching each other cameras. It was, it was, t- as a matter of fact, the kids will tell you those workouts were harder than the in-person yeah. workouts. And we, and we worked it for that whole well, that was March, April, May, June. We worked it all the way through June until we were able to get out. But it, it was it was a uh, it was it was a venture, but it worked. Well, and I know that that's that's a way to show you know you're doing football stuff technically. Yeah. I mean, but that's a way to show that you care. I mean, there yeah. wasn't there wasn't anything to do. There was no. nothing to do then, but but just no. getting together, even yeah. even if it was over a computer. Just getting together yeah. and and allowing guys to do stuff together that showed that you cared. Yeah, you, you, you could know, have just think... sat back and done nothing. You know I mean, and, yeah. and but you showed that you cared. And I bet, I bet too, you may have learned something about some of these guys looking in the backgrounds of their of their screens. <laughs> what was going on in the backgrounds? You probably learned a lot about guys that way too. We did, and I tell you, one of the fun things about it was the fact that so after the workout. Guys wouldn't get off. We would just be on there yeah, talking the whole time. Yeah, you know. And I'm sure other teams did things like that. You just get on because you didn't see kids. But that was our way of of connecting. And, and you're right. Like you see the the kid on the team that's super quiet. Then in the background, he's got neon lights and stuff. Like that's you, John. Man, <laughs> you know. And it, it was it was really cool. And I think that at that particular point kids really looked forward to it. Like there would be times where we would have 40 kids on the screen at one time. And I don't, and here's a funny thing. So I don't even know how they found out about it. There's a, there's a publication. I don't know if you're aware of it. Friday night football. It's a magazine. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not familiar with that. It, it's based out of, uh, it's based out of Massachusetts. Okay. I emailed me and he's like, yeah, I heard you've been doing this and this. this. <laughs> the next thing. So he gives me a call. He's like, can you send me some pictures? And they did an article on us during COVID featured in the magazine. It was just like, holy cow. You know, who would have thought? It's a, and it's funny because the picture of me sitting there, I'm chopping up onions trying to do dinner with the, with the screen <laughs> on the 
with, with my laptop screen watching kids yelling at kids about doing up downs on the screen. So, but now, and again, that was another piece that led to us understanding that, you know, we really have to, to build rapport and relationship. That class, that class was Jacob Siegel and, and, and God, like, uh, they, they, it was a great group, Stevie Graves. Uh, it was a good group of kids and they led in that ex as examples for that. But then also the whole piece of making sure that kids were logging in and kids were doing their workouts. So it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was it was a very powerful piece for our program. Coach, you do a great job, first of all, remembering people's names and then <laughs> shouting them out. You do, you do a really good job of that. I, sometimes I find that hard. Like, that's hard for me to, to remember people's names right off the tip of my tongue. You do a great job with that. Oh, I appreciate like, it. That's part, of the, that's part of making sure you, that you're, you're making sure you, that people know you care about them. Listen, that that's huge. And you know what? I, I'm going to tell you where I saw this. So, it might have been, it, it was Coach Guiano, his first time at Rutgers. I mean, not his first time, when, when he was at Rutgers, when he had Rutgers role before he went to 10 Bay Buccaneers yep. and moved on. And I didn't go to this extent, but he, he made a binder. I remember visiting there and I said, made a binder. And in that binder, he had headshots of all the freshmen, all the sophomores. Each, each, each class had a binder. And those guys, the kids had to know each other's names. Like that's one thing that gets under my skin is, is just if you're if you're a part of something, like you want to feel a part. So it shouldn't be, hey you, hey yeah. guy, uh, what's your name? And as a kid, like I get it. Like you might feel some kind of way. Like the coach don't even know my dad on name. Yeah. So how is that kid going to want to run through a wall for you? He may not gain reps, and if you don't know his name. Yeah, that, that might be a kid you lose. So we make also what 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 Coach Gian did. He made sure guys knew each other's name. You know, coach's name. I, I want to make sure that my coach knows. Hey, okay, that's Freeman Wilson. Okay, that's Levi Haynes or Hines. Okay, that's uh, Demarco Brown. Like, I think that goes a long way. And my kids call me a weirdo. So I'm I'm that guy when you <laughs> like today today is my daughter's birthday. I'm that guy when we're at. Uh, we're we're in Texas Roadhouse, and our waitress is Linda, and I'm like, "Hey, Linda, can I get another Jim Brown?" And that's a weirdo. Nobody does that. I'm like, "Well, that's what her name tag is for." Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna say, "Hey, you." Yeah. And I think that's the same way with football. I think kids want to be a part of something. You need to know names. So we'll do things in the weight room where I'm just like, "Okay, by the end of the day, uh, by the end of the day, let me see. I'm looking. I'm like, Tymir, you need to tell me." who these three freshmen are and something about them. And if not, we got up there. You best believe Tyler is going to find yeah. out. Okay, that's Jaden. Jaden's a ninth grader. Jaden's brother is Isaiah. Okay, that's Aubrey. Aubrey's brother played for me, played for Coach Heaton three years ago. That's Brandon. Brandon plays center. That's all I need to know. That's great. And, and they'll never forget each other's name. Yeah. And, that, and again, that all goes back to building rapport and building camaraderie. And I get on my guys. I say, if you see him in the hallway, if you see PJ in the hallway, that's your teammate. It don't have to be all giving all big hugs and all like you never see before. But you give a head nod. Yeah. You give a, recognize your teammate. You know. And, and again, is that going to is that going to win us a football game? I don't know, but it's going to help. It's going to make it's people better people. 
Yeah, it's going and to nicer make people, and, and yeah, and it's going to it's going it's going to help us. It's going to help us in some way, shape, or yeah. form on build. So again, it, it, you you got to know guys' names. I, I I just I get frustrated when they don't know the teammates' names. So we we really work at that, and I, my staff works at it, and I work at Good. it. One last thing, Coach the the uh, the teams that you have made up that you drafted mm-hmm. with your players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you like where where do you step in in terms of a team that's not they that, that nobody's stepping up as a leader and they're kind of falling by the wayside they're doing poorly they're not showing up to to lifting or maybe it's only like a couple guys are committed how how do you deal with a team like that so that now the the old coaching would have probably just had kids just try to work it out themselves and. I'm a firm believer. I've learned this. I forget who told me it. <laughs> There's never been a successful player meeting in the history of sports. So, therefore, I try to avoid the kids trying to work that piece through. Yeah. Here's a perfect example. So, I had, I had, I had, I had, we had, we had two players right now that their attendance was slacking. And the kids had tried to work through it. Hey, we got to get here. Make sure you get in there. But you know what it is? It's just a simple phone call to a mom, dad, and uncle. Lizzo. Hey, here's what we're doing. What's going on? How can we make this work? Is there an alternative piece to making this work? I believe that when if you if you communicate somehow, way, shape, or form, it can work itself out. My coaches always make fun of me because I always say, you know what? It's going to work itself out. We just have to be productive with it. They're like, oh. And then three weeks later, four weeks later, it works itself out. So, yeah, there might be that kid that can't get there right now. And the minuses are totaling up. Mm-hmm. But then that's my job to go to that kid and go, hey, what's going on? Okay, what can we do differently? Okay, if you can't get there Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, how can we make this work? Hey, listen, I can stay after for a half hour on on Monday, right after school, can, can, can you give me 30 minutes? Or here, I got a kid right now who's, I'm not going to say he's struggling with, with two classes. And rightfully so. Mom is like, he can't come to football until he gets his work taken care of. We're not having strong for excellence. So I got to think outside the box. Okay, mom, how about, and I'll just say Julian. How about Julian brings his book bag and comes to weight training at 7? I make sure he sits right outside the weight room in a chair from 7 to 8 working on his work. And in the last hour, he can work out. Okay. Like you got to think outside yeah. the box. And, and 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 you know, I think going on the days, and I've learned this from 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 listening and talking to a lot of college coaches. And Mark, you you know this too. Going on the days, you can sit and holler at a kid, and scream at him. You're not gonna get nothing from that. Yep. You know. So I just try to be super creative. And okay, how can we make this work somehow, some way? We got to make this work. <laughs> And I know that's not traditional, and I know that may not be the answer, but and I try to get my coaches to think that way. So I might have a coach call a parent and be like, hey, what can we do to make this work? How can we get this person here? And then that way, okay, all those minuses he has up there, oh, there's a plus. There's another plus. Just trying to get it to work. Because I tell you this, on that scoreboard, when you start seeing a bunch of minuses behind somebody's name, if you haven't talked to them, you're going to talk to them. You're going to talk to them. And nobody wants to – and the thing about it, it's amazing. The littlest things motivate kids. So they see those minuses behind their name. But now everybody that goes in the weight room during the school day that don't even play a sport, hey, so-and-so, you had 10 minuses. 
that's a motivator. It's a good motivational tool, no question about it. You know, so again, it, 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 it it's a it's a motivating piece. But to answer your question, when I start to see something like that, I think it's my job as the head coach to step in and give suggestions and go, to, "Hey, all right, what can we do to make this work?" All right, okay, Andres, you're a senior in this group. Why don't you talk to him and then you guys come back to me and let's see how we can make it work? Because I think there's always a way to make it work. It doesn't have to always just be screaming and hollering, oh, he don't want it. Or, you know, no no kid in any sport wants to be bad at that sport. Yep. They don't come, they don't, they don't, they're not playing, they're not playing soccer to go, I'm just going to play and be the worst kid ever. Heck, nobody wakes up and says, I want to be the worst football player ever. No kid wakes up and go, well, I'm not going to go to weight training, but I want to be on the team. Like, you got to make it work. And, it, and if it is get to that point, I always tell them, if somebody's forced you to do it or if your heart's not it, that's okay. I'm still going to love you. You still, I'm still going to dap you up when I see you. We still can talk sports. If you want to find, you can be, you can be the video guy. You can be the equipment manager. Yeah. But we can find something for you to make it work. Coach, I'm going to wrap things up there. That's a. Uh... It's been about, I don't know, 40 minutes or so of of you dropping wisdom and knowledge on everyone. But this has been awesome. This has been really good. And someday we can get you back on here and you can talk about that the, your experience at Harrisburg High School. The uh, your uh, the story you told me about the in between the two seasons and all that stuff. But this oh, is yeah. good. Good years. Those were, I tell you, those were good. Those were good years there. I think I, I've had learned so much at all of the places I've been, and had opportunity to do be with some, learn from some great coaches. And it's funny, I, I will say this. So, when you had Coach Moyer on, and he was talking about how we, as coaches, we take a little bit from every coach. Yep. And I heard a guy tell a story once. They said, you know, the first time you use something from a coach, you give them their name. Say, hey, I learned that from yeah. Larry John. Okay. <laughs> Second time, it's like some coach told me it. The third time, it's yours. <laughs> you ain't got to worry yeah. about David anybody else. So that's just how it's been for me. And all the stuff that we're doing at Susquehanna Township, I've learned from so many other people and, and just try to and try to make it work. And, and like Coach said, just always willing to share stuff and, and always willing to learn stuff. So any coaches out there listening, I love to talk shop anytime with any coach and I just I just love the game. I eat, sleep, and drink it. I can't do much. I tell people I run things in my house. I run the dishwasher. <laughs> I, I run the vacuum cleaner. I, there's not much else I can do but try to be a, a good role model, help kids, and and, uh, and be the best dad and coach I can be. Well, Coach, thanks again for coming on. Wish you luck here in your off season, and, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, no doubt. Thanks for having me, and uh, – Keep doing the great job you're doing with the podcast. You're Th- doing a great job to learn it from everybody. And, uh, you know, I look forward to continue to listen. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you too.